Well, I'll tell you what, we need to thank the Lord for the blessings the Lord has blessed us with and so many blessings. One of them just came home to me, my wife. She's made back in from her mom's, and what a blessing that is to me. And uh, Hunter likes it when I cook for him, but I like it when my wife cooks for me, amen? But uh, I'll tell you what, when she's gone, I miss her. I miss her a lot. And praise the Lord she's back, and praise the Lord for safety as she's traveling. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2, 2 Kings chapter 2. And if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to, 2 Kings chapter 2. In a roundabout way, I want to kind of, have you ever maybe been to Sam's or to a store where they have, um, oh, they're giving out samples of food, little, you know, got the little toothpick stuck in it and we don't take Hunter into stores when, when they're doing that. <clears throat> he just keeps circling around, come back through all the time. And uh, uh, he wants to borrow my jacket or something, look a little different when he goes through. And finally, they just give him the plate and he goes on and eats it. But anyway, uh, they're, what those are called, those are called enticing uh, tidbits, you might say. Something to get you to want to buy what they're selling. It may be, it may be some type of food. It may be some... I don't know, you know, you walk down, the, down through the mall and they're all over there, you know, the, and a lot of them are, are foreigners, you might say, and you hear, oh, come on, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, spray you, yeah, yeah, you know, and you don't understand what they're saying, but you know what they want. They want to spray you with something or get you to try something, you know, and uh, to try to sell it to you. And uh, they're trying to entice you to take the, what they've got. I would like tonight to entice you a little bit to something I think is so important in our lives as a Christian. And uh, we're going to look at, and you'll get it in the, uh, towards the end of the message, but maybe not the first, but kind of got to lay the groundwork for it. And I think it's so important in our lives. And uh, I believe that when Christians get hungry for the Lord, I think when we really desire the Lord, that we'll see some great and mighty things in our lives. Not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. Uh, I, I'm not interested in the status quo of Christianity today. I want to see the hand of God move. I want to see God do something, not man do something. And in order to have that, we must have that touch and walk of God in our lives and on our lives. Uh, it's so needed today. It's so easy to fall into that realm of just going through the motions. You know you're saved. You know you're on your way to heaven. And uh, so you just kind of go with the flow of things. But there is, uh, you've heard me say over and over and over. As long as I preach, you'll hear me say it over and over again. And that is God has so much more for us, even here. 2 Kings chapter 2, we begin reading in verse 1. It says, And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha to Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea. I know it. Hold ye your peace. Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. 
He said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. They were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thence, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and the horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces." He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets were, which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. They came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Look with me in verse 14. It says, And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters. And notice what he says. And he said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? I'd like to preach the message. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Lord, we don't show it as we should. We ask, Lord, that you'd meet with us tonight. We need your presence. We need your power. We thank you for the songs that lift you up and exalt you. Now, Lord, I pray that you would touch our hearts, <clears throat> drive home the message, Lord, that you laid upon my heart. Lord, with the intents that you would be glorified. And, Lord, that you be magnified. May I decrease. May you increase. Would you hide me behind the cross that people would see you high and lifted up? Let our hearts reach to heaven. Lord, let our minds enthrone our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray now that you'd be with us in this time, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You be seated. To be honest with you, it's a very <clears throat> tremendous statement or question, you might say, which is being asked and directed in many different ways, and it can be directed in many different ways here. Man has always asked the question, and they've asked the question for different reasons. They've asked, uh, you know, where is, the, where, is, where is your God? Where is God? And they've asked that over the years, and they continue to ask that today. I remember uh, so vividly then 
when uh, the Columbine shooting and others were were uh, in distress and distraught about the, the killing of them. And even since then in some of those school shootings, how that people said, we're praying for the families, we're praying. And, and then you always had the, <clears throat> the people who would say, well, where was God when they needed him? Where was your God? Where's your God? And so you hear that term or you hear that phrase or that question by different ones, some that are in despair. Where's God at? Where is God? You hear it by those who are mocking and making fun. Well, <laughs> look what happened. Where's your God? You find in, in, that in some, it's a demonstration of where the Lord is. They're saying, where is the Lord? I want you to know where the Lord is. Some in rebuke for one's lack of faith. You, they may look at you when you don't seem to have the faith to trust the Lord. Where's your God? Where's your God? Some in honest desire to know where God is. So we see the different, the different uh, applications, really, of, of what uh, Elijah may have, or not Elijah, but Elisha said here when he was spoken uh, of the Lord. He said, where's the Lord God of Elijah? And he, he wasn't asking, really, I don't believe that he was saying, well, I don't know where he's at. Where is he at? I think what he's saying is, I think he's saying, I want that presence. I want, that, I want God's power on my life. I want the presence of God. Where is he? Come down on me. And so we're going to look at this, this this evening here. Elisha desired to see the same Lord God rest upon him as Elijah did. And there in verse 9 it says, And it came to pass when they were gone over the... Elijah said unto Elisha, what, or Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Elisha was not was not ignorant of the fact that when he said a double portion of thy spirit, he was really talking about the spirit of God that was upon Elijah. He knew that Elijah in his own ability and his own strength did not have that type of power. He was a common man. A uh, common man was not able to, to tell the water to, or to the rain to quit raining and it would quit. He knew that it, was, that it was the hand of God that rested upon Elijah. And so now he's asking, he's saying, I want the same thing that's on you. I want the Spirit of God to rest upon me, that rest upon you. I want a double portion of that. And, he's, and I, <clears throat> I, I look at that and I think about that. You know, Elisha, he wasn't like, I want the same thing you got. No, he said, I want double of what you've got. Well, what would happen today if Christians, we'd look back in the old-time revivals and the old-time meetings and the old-time touching of, of God's hand on hearts and lives and say, Lord, that's great, but we want a double portion of that. Amen. We want to see something better than that. We want to see your hand move in a greater way than it has ever moved before. We want to see that in our day and time. Amen. I think that God will do that. If we'll seek him, if we would get on our face before him, if the church would do what the church is supposed to do, I believe God would do that. I believe that he'll answer prayer. I believe he's a prayer answering God. Some people, well, preacher, we can't have a, uh, we can't have revival like they used to have. That's your problem there. Uh, where's your God at? Where's your God? Elisha had seen that power, that presence of the hand of the Lord rest upon Elijah firsthand. He had seen it himself. He also had seen the difference between Elijah and the sons of the prophets, those who were supposed to be leaders of the prophets. Look in verse 7 at the sons of prophets. What we'll talk about there, it says, and 50 men of the sons of prophets went and stood to view afar off. They, they, they too, uh, and they too stood by Jordan. What you have here, we, 
uh, we have the, the sons of prophets. These are men who are called into the ministry, you might say. These are men that Elijah taught. These are men that, that the Lord used and would call out to go prophesy or to take a message unto the kings or wherever it might be. These were men who, who were following the Lord. But notice something there about it. The Bible says that they, those 50 men, all 50 of them, stood afar off. Stood afar off. These were good men. These were godly men. But they stood afar off. And only Elisha went all the way down to the river, Jordan, with Elijah. These others, they stood afar off. Do you know what I see in that? I see a picture of us today. I see too much of the church and too, too many Christians standing afar off and, and watching from afar off instead of going all the way down to the river and saying, Lord, I want, I want a double portion of it. I want a double portion, God. I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in The rest of them may stand back and, and not get too, too serious about it. But God, I, I'm serious enough. I want a double portion. I'm coming all the way down to the river. The problem was that Elisha, he was serious about it. The, the, 50, the, the sons of the prophets, they knew what God was going to do. They were prophets. They knew that God was going to take Elisha out that day. Or Elijah. They knew that. Well, I'll tell you what, it's hard when you're preaching on Elijah and Elisha, I'm telling you. Keeping those names straight. They knew that Elijah was going to be taken out that day. God was going to take him home. But they stood afar off. How we need men and women who are not satisfied to stand afar off, who want to be a part of the moving of God in our day and time. We need, we need Christians today that's, that's stirred in their hearts, saying, I want to be a part of God's moving. I want to see God do something in my life. I want to see God use me. I want to see God uh, reach out and, and touch people's lives. And I want God to just take me as a tool and use me, not for my glory, but for His glory. And a desire instead of standing afar off, you know, so greatly in our day that this old world see Christians where upon the glory of the Lord rest. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I want people to be able to see my life, know about me a little bit, and say, you know what? God's on them. The reason they're what they are is because of God. Not because of who we are. Because we're nothing. The Bible says we're, our righteousness is, is, is nothing more than filthy rags. We're nothing. But I want them to see God that rests upon me. And, and, and I want them to know that and to see that. But uh, I've got to desire that in my own life. This world mocks because they're not seeing the Lord in, in many Christians' lives as they should. You know, you can go back in time and, and you've seen so many more Christians who were godly, that stood out, that were that testimony. And people would go to them and, and request prayer of them. They, you know, I'm talking about the lost world. They would go to different ones. They knew different ones in the town and uh, in the church and stuff. Maybe they didn't go to church or something, but they knew people who were saved. And, and they, they could see a difference in their lives. And they would go to them and they would ask them to pray for their family. Or they would ask them to, you know, to pray for this or that. And, and, and they would go to them because they knew that God's hand was upon them. We don't see a lot of that today. I fear it's because, yes, the world's getting worse and worse. The Bible says it'll wax worse and worse, but I fear that it's because 
This world's not seeing God on the lives of Christians as they should. I think there needs to be that. When we have these lives that are flipping back and forth between living for God and living for the world just constantly day in, day out, back and forth, back and forth, and there's no consistency in living for God, they don't see the hand of God resting on them. There needs to be that consistency in their lives where people can see the hand of God moving and working in, in their lives. And so what happens today is the world mocks and, and makes fun of it and, uh, because we're, they're not experiencing and seeing the hand of God in, the, in people's lives like they used to. The psalmist said in Psalms 115 in verse 1 through 3, says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. And then he goes on, he says, Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? Why should this world look at you and me and say, Where's their God? They ought to know where our God is. They ought to see God in our lives. They ought to know that we love the Lord. They ought to know that, boy, that's the most important thing in our lives is the Lord. But the heathen, they say, Where now is their God? Verse 3 says, But our God is in heaven. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Well, I'll tell you what, the purpose is not that we receive any glory or be exalted, but that the Lord be lifted up in our lives, that they might see him. That they might recognize that, hey, listen, this is not man, this is God. It's moving in their lives and doing great and mighty things. And, and, and boy, there's something different about You know, there's people, you know, every one of us has met, met those that, boy, there's something different about them. You can't put your finger on it, but boy, there's something different about them. In this world, maybe it should be the same way as they look at your life and look at my life. They all say, boy, there's something different about them. They may not know what it is, but they all say, boy, there's something different about them. Uh, you know, we live in a day and time, so boy, you can. We trust these people. We don't know what it is, but we trust these people. Or, boy, that, those people always got a, a smile on their face. Why they always got a smile on their face? Why are those people always so happy? Why are those people? Why are those people always get their vehicle on Sundays and go up to that church up there? Why? Why are they back out there on Sunday night and back out there on Wednesday night and then when they have special meetings, they're back out there on those nights when they have special? What is it? They said there's something different about them. And that's if they might see the hand of God. If they might see the Lord in our lives. Over the years, I've known different ones that they wouldn't go to church. They wouldn't have anything to do with the Lord. But when there was a need, they came to those certain Christians. They came to them and desired them to pray for them. Or to, and they sought after their, their leadership sometimes. You see, there's no reason that the lost world should not see the Lord in your life. Sad to say, many, for many different reasons, Christians are not living in such a way that this lost world can see Jesus Christ in their lives. I think it's because there's a lot of counterfeits out there. I think that's part of it. You've got Hollywood who, who gets up and they've, they've, uh, they, they've, uh, they was in an R-rated movie and, and, and filth and stuff like that, different things in it, and they get up and they, oh, I want to thank the Lord for this, 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 here, this here special trophy and everything. God wasn't within 15,000 miles of that place. What the world needs to see, they need to see something that's real. And I believe that the Lord wants us to be that which is real. 
Therefore, they mock and virtually they're saying, where is your God? In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16 says, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Years ago, there was a song, and it, I, when I was working on this message, that song, I don't know why, it just came to mind. There's no song, and I went back and looked at the lyrics on it. Uh, I didn't want to to quote the, about the song if there was something pretty bad in it, but uh, uh, the old song said this, says, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. A lot of you people with a little gray tint in your hair, you remember that song. <laughs> what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that, that there's too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Not, uh, no, not just for some, but for everyone. And it goes on with the rest of the lyrics. But I'm here to proclaim that what the world needs now is not just love, sweet love, but what the world needs now is to see the Lord in our lives and come to know His love in their life. That's what the world needs now is when they see and they experience the love that you've got in the Lord Jesus Christ, it'll make a difference in their life. And boy, that needs to be on display. It's like the persons I said that stand at Sam's and they're, they're trying to give you a taste of this and taste of that to, to arouse your appetite to want to, to have more of it, not just a little bit of it, but more of it. And, and boy, I'll tell you what, what is needed today is that people could see the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives and that they would know that we live for the Lord and they would desire more of it and they would desire to, to, to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. You see, Elijah... Elisha, rather, Elisha had a driving desire to have and to know the presence of the Lord in his life. Look with me there again back in verse 2. We're gonna, I'm just going to point out some things. In verse 2, notice what he says. That Elijah is telling him, he said, I want you to tarry here. Well, let me just read it. Elijah said unto Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. But notice Elisha's Answer to him, as the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. I'm not going to leave thee. Then Elijah, Elijah he said, I'm going down to Bethel. He went down to Bethel and, and uh, got down there. They, those prophets of Bethel, they begin to, to talk to Elisha. And they said, you know, you know, thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And notice what he said. He didn't say, oh, well, yeah, well, you know. No, he said, yeah, yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. That doesn't bother me. So hold your peace. Then Elijah told him, he said, listen, Elisha, I want you to tarry here because we're, we're going down to Jericho. I'm going down to Jericho. And again, Elisha said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And again, they at Jericho, they said the same thing. You know, the Lord's going to take the your master from you and he said hold your peace that's okay hold your peace then Elijah came and, and told him and he said Terry here I gotta go down to, I'm going down to Jordan he said as, as the Lord liveth as thy soul liveth I will not leave thee and they too went on and then when you drop down to verse 9 you find that after after that that Elisha said I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. The whole way as they went, Elisha said, I'm not going to leave you. I've seen something in you. I've seen the Lord in you. I've seen 
the Spirit of God on you. And I'm not leaving you. Wherever you go, I'm going. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that the Lord's going to catch you out of here. I'm going with you. I'm going to follow you. He went all the way down, and he, when he got across that Jordan River, he asked him, he said, What do you want, Elisha? He said, I want a double portion. He said, What is resting upon you? As you walk through these, this land and everybody sees you, they know that God's hand rests upon you. And they see the presence of God in your life. He said, I want that, but I want a double portion of it. What if we had the desire that Elisha has for this world to see the Lord in our lives? He said, Elijah, I want what you've got. And that don't come by accident. He said, Elijah, I want what you've got. And that don't come by somebody handing it to you. He said, Elijah, I want what you've got. But that don't even come by just going to church. It comes by desire. It comes by seeking the Lord. I believe in the day and time in which we live, we need Christians to get really serious about serving God and having God's hand and presence rest upon our lives in a powerful way. Notice it left no doubt in the eyes and the minds of the sons of prophets that Elisha had the Spirit of God on his life when he came back across the river. They seen it too. They seen it in Elijah. But when he came back, they seen it in Elisha. You notice there in verse 15 it says, And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The Spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet and they bowed themselves to the ground before him. They immediately begin to see the difference in Elisha's life. What was the difference? The presence of God. And they could tell the difference. There should be no doubt in our hearts and mind, in the hearts and minds of people around us where our God is. There should be no doubt. You see, the, Lord, the world is asking. Where's your God? I believe with all my heart, today, this day and time, I think people really want some answers. I think they're searching. I think people are searching. Now, they, they may blow you off because of pride. And they may blow you off because they want to see if you're real. But I believe with all my heart, I believe that this world is looking for some answers. I believe that they're looking... In a majority, I think they're looking for the presence of God. The world is asking, where's your God? The psalmist said in Psalm 79, he says, Wherefore should the heathen say, where is their God? Let it be known among the heathen in our sight by revenging of the blood of thy servants which is shed. Uh, he said, let them be known. Let people, let the heathen, he said, and he said the revenging of the blood, you know, the blood that they shed. But he said, he said the, the, the lost world is saying, where's your God? And I believe today that a lot of this world, they know, they deny, but they know that there's a God in heaven. It's been written on the tables of their heart, the scripture says. They know that. They can say they're an atheist, an agnostic, a... An egghead, whatever they want to say they are. But they know. 
I believe down deep that there is a God. And they're fighting and they're trying to deny God because of their wicked lifestyles. You go to Romans chapter 1. And the reason that people get so, uh, they, they, they get wrapped up in the, in the immorality, the homosexuality and the perversion and different things like that. And so therefore they have to deny that there is a God in order to live that way. This world's looking. But the question is, what are they seeing? And I believe with all my heart they need to be seen in your life and in my life. They need to see the Lord. They don't need to see Rodney Haggard. They need to see Jesus Christ. They don't need to see what I can do. They need to see what God has done in me. They need to see what God can do in them. So let me ask you tonight, and I laid that to get you to this point to try to entice you a little bit. Where's your God? You say, well, preacher, he lives within me. That's right. He dwelleth in heaven, but he's in my heart. First Corinthians 6, 19, 20 says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. Therefore glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. Notice that he says, because God lives within you, glorify him. How? With your body and with your spirit, that's your attitude, everything about you, that he might be glorified. Where's God? <laughs> right there. But the problem is this. You or nobody else can see right there. So therefore, we must live in such a way. We must walk in such a way that they can see Jesus Christ in us. We find there over in Mark 12, 30, again, it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, for this is the first commandment. We're to love the Lord in such a way. You know, one of the things that, that, uh, uh, that should be in a marriage is that when people see two people who are in love that it should be understood very easily. Shouldn't be ashamed of it. My wife's been gone and uh, she went to see her mom. There was no problem with us. She went to see her mom, her mom's birthday. I come upstairs, she was already here and, and uh, I come by and I got me a little sugar, amen. I'm not ashamed to kiss her in front of somebody. I'm not ashamed to tell her that I love her in front of somebody. I want people to know that I love her. I want them to know that. But you know what? This world needs to see that I love the Lord Jesus Christ the same way. And I shouldn't be ashamed of him. Had several come out yesterday for visitation. We started our visitation back since the COVID deal. We started it back door knocking, giving out tracts, hanging door hangers, inviting people to church, whatever. And several people come out. Some can, some can't. We are, I understand that. What I'm saying is this, that they came out so that they want to get the gospel out. Let this world know that we love the Lord Jesus Christ and that we care about the souls of men that they might come know our Savior. He's in our hearts, but he should 
be in our daily walk. See, a lot of times we think that we've got him in our heart, and so therefore that's good enough. But in our daily walk, people should be able to see the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we read it already, Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That they may see what? Your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. That they may know where the, our, our God is. That He's in heaven, yes, but He's in our hearts and He's in our lives. Well, I'll tell you what, it doesn't get better than, than, than knowing that he, he walks with, with us as we walk with Him. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, says, But they, uh, they had heard only that He which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once He destroyed. And they glorified God in me. He said, they'd seen my life in the past. Now they see my life as I live for God. Hey, there's people in your family and different ones that they've seen your life in the past. Now they should see your life in the Lord. That you glorify the Lord, that you live for the Lord Jesus Christ to magnify Him. Walking in His love and His mercy and His goodness. He should be found not only in your walk, but He should be found in your talk. Well, I'll tell you what, today we got so many people today, you just never know what's going to come out of their mouth. It's sad when Christians use the, the language of the lost world, the cussing, the, the, the wicked uh, innuendos and uh, telling the dirty jokes and, and, the, and the stuff of that. I, I had a man one time, and, and we, we were somewhere and, and I, uh, at one point, and, and uh, we had been talking and everything, and and he, he's a Christian. I, I, don't, I don't have any doubt otherwise at all. But he said, but you know what? He said, I, sometimes I have to, I have to use that, that type of language. to. He, he, he was a businessman. He said, I have to use that type of language to, to get people to understand. And I looked at him and I said, I don't. Had a man call me one time. Back years ago when I was in was in the electronics repair business, and he called me, and he had a little bit of a problem with a, uh, a TV that I'd worked on for him. He called me, just took it home. And I mean, he was letting me have it, and he was using all kinds of flowery, colory, well, just filthy words. And I said, if you want to talk to me, I said, talk to me. I said, uh, if you don't quit your cussing, I'm going to hang up on you. And he blurted out a few more words like that, and I just hung up. He called me back. I answered the phone. Why'd you hang up on me? Blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm going to hang up on you again if you'll quit cussing me. I said, I'm not your dog. I said, I'm a human being. I said, you're getting nowhere with me by cussing me. Well, I, I said, I'll hang up on you. He settled down. And he told me what his problem is. I said, will you look on the back of your TV? Yeah. I said, do you see that little switch back there that I called what it was? Yeah. I said, when you plugged it in, you probably pushed that switch. I said, would you slide it to the other direction? Well, I said, just do it. He flipped the switch. He said, oh. Thank you. Click. You know what? 
I could have used the same words that he used. But how, if I ever went and knocked on his door and talked to him about the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what words would have come back to his mind? I guarantee you Satan would have brought them back that I had used. Our walk and our talk should show people where our God is. Our walk and our talk daily when people should, if they ask, where is your God? They should know by the way that we walk, the way we talk, our actions. He should be found in your worship and your praise. Well, I'll tell you what, it, it, Christians today, we've almost become bound up in, anymore in, in our worship and our praise of the Lord and then lifting Him up and exalting Him. I'll tell you what, there should, be no, there should be no binding of our hearts and lives in serving God and living for Him and lifting Him up and, and, and thanking God for His goodness and praising His name before a lost world. Let Him know how, how our God is such a wonderful God. You know what? It'd be good once in a while for Christians just to get down under the glory spout where the, where the glory runs out every once in a while, just get excited excited about God and it wouldn't hurt you once in a while to say amen. amen. It wouldn't hurt you once in a while to say hallelujah. hallelujah. I'll tell you what, you get to heaven one of these days, somebody you're going to be putting hallelujah one-on-one and they're going to say, come on little Baptist, say hallelujah. <laughs> but we need to learn how to, to, to live in such a way that people can see the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about something that's fake. I'm not talking about something that's put on. But I want you to know something. If he's living in here, he ought to be living out here. Amen thing of it is today that a lot of Christians, he's living in here, but he's not living out here. He should be seen. He should be found in our worship and in our praise. He should be found in the song in your heart. He should be found in the decisions of our lives. When we make a decision that we go to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I want your direction. He should be found in our relationships too many times today Christians are linking up with the world and the wickedness of this world and the, the lost of this world and he's not found in our relationships. He should be found in our relationships. He should be found in our prayer and our Bible study and our meditations, not just going through the, the scripture and and reading a verse or two, but he should be found as we, as we read the scripture, asking the Holy Spirit of God, lead me, guide me, show me, draw me near to you, give me understanding of the word of God. When we get on our faces before God, not just throwing out a bunch of words, not just a, a praying some prayer that we've memorized, not just going back to the same old thing that we said, but talking with God and, and knowing him and, 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 and conversing with the, the God of heaven. He should be found in our church, in our services. Lord, have mercy on us when we become cold and dry in a service. And you and I skate down the middle aisle. When we come in and when there's things in our lives that shouldn't be there, and the Spirit of God's not moving in hearts and lives. Over the years, I've preached in a lot of places, and I've been in some of those places. Boy, I tell you what, it just like a chill was on the service. You could skate down the middle aisle. Boy, I tell you what, that doesn't get people to want what you've got. The Lord, ought, hey, listen, they ought to find the Lord in our services. They ought to find the Lord in our prayer meetings. They ought to find the Lord in our fellowships. They ought to find the Lord in our handshakes and in our greetings and in taking the gospel to the world. Well, how it ought to be said when. When asked, where's your God? That he's clearly seen in our lives and in our church services. 
Preacher, how do we get there? We get there by pressing on to the Lord. Just like Elisha did. He didn't tarry. He kept going with Elijah. We get there by having a desire, just like Elisha had a desire. I want that double portion. I want the Spirit of God to rest upon me. You know, we can sit in these services. You young men, listen to me. When I was your age, I was asking God, I want that double portion. Lord, help me to know you in a better way. We need young men like that today doing the same thing. Say, hey, I, I want God to use me. Say, well, preacher, I don't feel like I was called to the ministry. I didn't feel like I was called to the ministry then either. That was before I even was out of high school. I want to see God do great and mighty things, and I want to see folks saved, and I want to see lives changed. Boy, every one of us, uh, it doesn't matter what our age is. That ought to be our desire. Lord, I, I want people to see you in me. I want them to see your hand on my life. I, I, Lord, I want you to do. give me a, a, a double portion. We get there by that desire, but we get there by seeking the Lord with all of our heart. I don't know about you, but I get to thinking about that. Brother Will, I get to thinking, man, I, I want what God's got. Those little old things that they stick them toothpicks in and give you a little taste, <laughs> not enough. There's been times that go into Sam's to pick up some stuff and had a few things to do, and man, it'd be around lunchtime, and you walk by, and give you one of them little things it just makes it worse you want more and you say well that one I don't know is that all in the same let me try another one of them or tell you what we should desire for this world and they say where's your God and say oh 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 there's your God Where's your God? So well, preacher's in my heart. He took up residence in your heart that he might have the whole thing. The Bible says work out your salvation. A lot of people say, well, that means you get saved by works. No, it doesn't. It means that what's on the inside, work it and bring it to the outside. You look at the verse. That's what it's talking about. Bring it to the outside. Why bring it to the outside? So that the world can see the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for loving us. Lord, give us a desire. May we walk near to you. May we glorify you. Fill us with thy spirit, Lord. Lord, may there be a desire for a double portion, even as Elisha said, I want a double portion. Lord, just give us a double portion. Lord, give us people who are desiring to walk with you, Lord, that people might see Jesus Christ. Lord, may it never be said of this church that they, where is the God in that church? Lord, may they see Jesus Christ in our services. May there be a stirring and a moving of the hand of God in the services. May there be a, Lord, that touch in the, in the singing and that touch in the preaching and that touch in the fellowship and that touch in the handshake and, and all that we do, Lord, our talk, our walk. Oh, Lord, that this world might see you. Lord, I pray that there'd be a stirring in people's souls tonight. Say, Lord, I want that. I want that double portion in my prayer time. I want that double portion in my Bible study. I want that double portion as I stand before people 
Have your will and way, Lord, I pray in the invitation for this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us tonight with your heads bowed?